ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us once again here on Red Eyes TV. We have another interview for you lined up today. Paul Kersey, it was a few years ago. He was uh, on the show, actually. Look through the archives. He was on 2016, 2017, and then again in 2018. And uh, of course, a lot of things have happened since then. But it's not the least the uh, George Floyd riots and the 2020 pop-off. I mean, there's uh, tons of things just there alone to talk about. The attack uh, on American culture, the attack on... Uh, white people in general, the West, and so forth. A lot of recent stuff that's happened as well. I actually want to uh, run by Paul. Paul Kersey, welcome back, man. How are you doing? Hey, it's been a long time, but it's great to hear your voice. I'm glad to hear you guys are doing uh, doing so well. And uh, not only continue to grow your audience, but uh, give one of the best shows out there. So kudos to you and your team and your wife. Well, thank so. you, Paul. Sorry. Very nice of you. Of course, we uh, last time uh, Paul was on, we did talk about... Uh, his book, Whitey on the Moon. I, maybe we spoke about Black Mecca down too. I don't know. But I think we did more focus on Whitey on the Moon. Uh, subtitled Race, Politics, and the Death of the U.S. Space Program. And this was kind of looking at this from like 1958 to 1972. Now, this was originally published in 2016. And that's when we had, had you on the first time. Uh, it had fallen out of print. And then uh, Antelope Hill has rolled around, right? And uh, I think that they were like set up in 2012. 19, 20, something like that, I think, or started, created, uh, and they picked it up, and they have now republished that together with uh, Black Mecca Down, right? So tell us about yeah. that a little bit. Yeah, well, actually, it kind of came out of nowhere. Last year, well, go back to 2020, uh, so many crazy things happened in 2020. Uh, <laughs> my goodness. I, you know, obviously with, you know, the start of the year, the economy is rocking and rolling. The world looks like a completely different place. And then all of a sudden you start to hear rumors. I had actually heard rumors about what was happening in China and uh, right before Christmas, because I was at a funeral, unfortunately. And one of my buddies, he actually married a Chinese girl and they'd had kids and her family was in uh, to see the kids, the, the two twins, and they were not allowed back. I was like, hey, hey, bud, when are your uh, in-laws leaving? And he goes, they can't go back to their province. It's shut down. So I started researching COVID and stuff, and it's so weird to think it's only it's going to be what four years, I guess. Yeah. Uh, here, here in a couple of weeks, that we really started to hear rumors of something. Um, yeah. But you know that year was so crazy, 2020, be, because I had built up some pretty big Facebook pages over the years, and we got nuked. A bunch of Facebook pages that I that I was part of got nuked, uh, also including VDR and Unza.com. Uh, VDR, it was it was an international story. You can actually go back and look. They were accused of election interference and whatnot. And um, so that was actually pretty cataclysmic to to lose that access because, you know, the, the UNS page wasn't that big, but it was very, it was growing aggressively, as was VDR and as were a number of the pages I did. And it was so fascinating to think that in, um, I guess, April, they were talking about election interference as a reason to ban people from from facebook at that point and of course the election is not until november of that year but then of course uh i guess it was june jared taylor and i were getting ready to do a podcast for america renaissance and i go hey i think i just i think all our books just got taken down on uh on amazon so yeah amazon uh definitely got rid of all the books again the cursey books were all self-published i think there are 14 or 15 and um like five of them really sold well. Five of them, five of them were actually pretty crazy, uh, and one of those was Whitey on the Moon. And uh, when Antelope Hill came back and they asked about it, they said, "Well, what happened to your stuff? It's not available anymore." I'm like, "Hey, it, it is. Do you want it?" And they and they they jumped at it. And um, that's a so new cover, actually, there. Right? Yeah, that's a new cover for sure. 
Yeah, they, they took a year to do it. Uh, we, uh, we actually, um, they bought the rights to the Paul Kersey catalog um, back in November of 2022. And I had heard nothing but wonderful things of, uh, about that organization. And they took uh, a year to edit and to get everything set. And it's a, I'm actually looking at a copy here that I just got from Amazon. And it looks really good. And i um, honored to have this book back in print. And um, I think uh, the, the whole goal is just, again, yes, you can be deplatformed. It sucks. I know you c- I know all you guys have um, have faced over the years in terms of debanking, deplatforming, losing access to to everything your your um, your donors, just doxing everything that happens. And the thing to tell your audience: just don't get frustrated. Just keep moving forward. You yep. know, that's all you can do. Yep. You can't look back. You can't be like, "Oh, I wish I'd go back and change this, change that." You don't waste that time. No, no. Um, you've got to just keep moving forward. And so that's why looking at this volume that I have, it's like this is really cool. Uh, because I don't really remember writing it. Uh, I was kind of in this, I just started researching uh, everything that was going on. And I, I think I was inspired by Interstellar uh, that came out back in oh, 2011. Yeah. Yep. And there was that great line about, hey, you know, what are we now? We're, we're not trying to conquer anything. We're, we're not trying to push the envelope. You know, that's, you know, what are we? And And the whole concept in the movie is, you know, at the end of the day, what exactly is Western man? And without Christopher Nolan saying that, so I'm excited that that book's out, man. It's yeah. just it's it's exciting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was a great film, by the way. I really enjoyed that. You know, um, not sure about the theoretics of it, but the idea, just the idea, just that there's so it's got to be something left, right? I mean, we've, we've, is there any real estate left? Maybe if like uh, the climate improves, we Greenland parts of Greenland, but it's like everything explored almost. You know what I mean? It's like what's what's our next mission? It it has to be it has to be space, right? <laughs> what else is there? Maybe the, yeah, deep, the yeah. deep oceans, maybe that that's that's pretty cool too. So I'm not discounting that. Of course, there's still things to discover on the on, on this planet. But like you know, getting out there, calling. Wasn't you had a line somewhere? I saw that we've. It was one of your tweets, right? You said something like, uh, "This is when we've won. We've already conquered Mars, or so, or like been to Mars. We've set up bases there, or something like that." Oh, it, it's basically a look at you know. You always think about the world, and, and it's it's if if other things had happened. Like one of the things I obviously I just said, don't think about the past. Don't don't worry about that too much but it is crazy to think that you know in in our lifetime pat buchanan won a couple states when he was running for the nomination and it's always fun to think what if he had actually what if he'd actually been allowed to to run and win and uh, been the nominee in 92 and you know could he have beaten clinton if perot had pulled out and 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 you just wanted these little things these little great what-ifs in history and um Basically, I, I think why I said that about Mars, uh, what was that? Um, and again, I'm not endorsing any of these shows, but The Man in High Castle is a book, I believe, by Philip K. Is it Philip Dick? Yeah, Philip K. Dick. Okay. Yep. So in, 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 the, uh, in the novel or whatever you want to call it, uh, I think the Nazis have already colonized Venus. Uh, and they've gone to... <laughs> Venus and, and of just, all places. Nice. Okay. Venus, yeah. They go to <laughs> Venus. And you know, you know what's interesting? I did not know this. Why am I even bringing this up? is uh, the Soviets actually successfully landed um, some form of a rover back in the 80s, early 80s, on Venus. And we've never actually even done that, the United States. Long, so, it, I don't believe so. How long did that survive? Like a few minutes or something, right? Isn't it some boiling, <laughs> some it boiling is, gases? It is. <laughs> it is, but you just, again, when you think about the... Um, and, and, well, and allegedly, why, who knows, right? <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, no, I'm not. Yeah. This, <laughs> what is this? A, a, an Alex Jones space with Elon Musk? Yeah, exactly. Yes, oh, it is. God. Yes. No, no. Look, <laughs> look. Yeah. You know, uh, who, who's Vox Day's guy who says we didn't go to the moon? Uh, the guy. Owen Benjamin? Owen Benjamin. Yeah. yeah you know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, it, I liked it when they dropped that in Interstellar. Remember that scene when they actually say the school curriculum started saying, oh, it was just a PR campaign to like beat the Soviets. We actually never went there. And they started to teach that in the history books to demoralize basically the that's kids. Right. Yep. Yeah, the the black principal, actually. Yeah, the black principal, the white <laughs> and the white teacher. No, it, it's a great scene. But no, I um, got so many things to talk about. But I just think that. The whole idea behind even why I wrote Whiting on the Moon, it's because of there was a day when I was a lot, my God, I, I was probably in probably in elementary school. And I remember we were learning about flight for some reason. And we were learning about how in December 17th, I think it was the date, 1903, the Wright brothers flew for the first time in human history at Kitty Hawk. And then I remember we were learning the date. Uh, oh, we were getting ready to go to Huntsville to the uh, space center there. Um, as a fifth, as fifth graders, we, uh, that's one of the cool things where I'm from. All all the fifth grade uh, classes throughout the state got to go to Huntsville to go see the space center. And I'm looking at the date for when we landed on the moon, and I just kept thinking back. Wait a second, it was less than 65 years that we first flew, first got off the you know got off the ground yeah. um, in North Carolina, and then you've got these three white guys being hurled out of Earth's atmosphere on this you know, this amazing rocket that was designed by, you know, let's, let's face it. You know, we basically got lucky with project paperclip and we got, the, <laughs> That's uh, right. we got, right. we got the German scientists who, yep. without Von Braun and his amazing team. It would uh, not have was, happened. No, no, no. And I think that's one of the reasons why, we, you know, there's a lot of these, why we've lost the odd kind of comments later from NASA. Like we've lost the ability to, you know, figure that shit out or whatnot. Uh, and that could very well be true, right? That that they've actually like it just de got degraded of sorts, right? And and eventually they've just like they, they haven't been able to get back. And now because of NASA, it's it's all diversity hires. They're pushed the, the hidden figures bullshit. Like all, all these things have happened since then, right? Yeah, I mean the hidden figures stuff was. I actually got attacked in the New York Times by one of the actresses uh, because <laughs> uh, Vidare was one of the few places that was questioning that whole. Um, nonsense back when it came out and i wrote three or four articles that got a lot of again this is when search engines actually allowed you to find stuff and yes you could you could interact with actresses and actors this is right before i guess um uh oh who's that uh who's my uh who's the guy from breitbart why am i blanking on his name who was so big back in 2016 oh the the main guy who helped set it up before no, he, who's before he died? No, the guy who was uh, partners with Nick Fuentes. And, oh, Mi uh, Milo, 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 uh, Milo Inesop, yeah, Yiannopoulos. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Right. He would basically, if you remember, he got kicked off Twitter because they launched that uh, that um, hilarious the attack on the Ghostbusters. Yeah. the black the black actress in Ghostbusters. That's right. Yeah, and I used I used to interact at this time back in uh, 2015, 2016, 2017. I would always um, interact with. Uh, with actors and actresses. And I'd be like, hey, Michael B. Jordan, aren't you embarrassed that you're playing, you know, Johnny Storm and uh, a white actor, a white character that was created by, you know, uh, you know, white guys in the Fantastic Four? And aren't you glad that, this, aren't you embarrassed that this is like the biggest comic book bomb of all time? And it was a lot of fun to interact with these guys because they get pissed. They didn't, they'd interact with you. And yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it's crazy, the hidden figure stuff. But I actually agree with you. I think that, um, 
NASA changed their way in the 72, the, the uh, Apollo program ended under Nixon tragically, and they decided to do the space shuttle because it was cheaper um, instead of building, unfortunately, which is what Von Braun wanted to do, build some sort of um, permanent space station where you could construct the uh, apparatuses in space as opposed to the hardest part is getting out of the Earth's atmosphere. And um, there were, you know, when he was in prison, uh as as a as a as a nazi prisoner uh i think he was in texas he actually wrote a book about the mathematics to get to mars um just he wrote it and you can find it on amazon it's it's fantastic i've I've read it and it's like god like these guys had such hopes and dreams for the future and um you know just so your audience knows one of the main people who helped popularize space exploration even before nasa was created was walt disney he used his program on ABC, um, and uh, they did a number of amazing interviews with Von Braun, uh, which brought him to international national fame here in the country. Yeah. And very much worth trying to find. I believe the program, it's called, uh, you can get the DVD, Tomorrowland. Not the movie with George Clooney, but it's, um, it's just these awesome, awesome segments and interviews. Because Walt Disney was fascinated by this stuff. He wanted, he had that same spirit. Um that has driven so many of our of, of our people that unfortunately their statues are falling uh seemingly daily at this point yeah from from columbus on but you know walt disney um walt disney in a lot of ways is the man who was responsible for for von braun getting uh his position within nasa and i actually fun story for you a couple of years ago his home Walt uh von braun's home in huntsville went up for sale and I was going to try and buy it and make it a national registered place because I figured I could rent it out on an Airbnb and <laughs> there'd, be, there'd be people from around the world oh, who yeah. want to come and sleep yeah, in so, for sure. on Braun's house. And it yeah. would basically become like a, a museum of sorts. And it, you know what? Who, you know, um, not going to downplay anything that happened in World War II and whatnot. But I mean, again, he had he gone had the russians got him they would have they would have done everything they could to have utilized him and all of his associates oh, yeah. yeah uh intelligence and to this day in huntsville the um the coliseum is named the verna von braun coliseum which i'm surprised they haven't forced that to be uh retconned yeah and i'm sure that they've just so. not <clears throat> it's just further down the list i guess to uh, things to get around to <laughs> well there is that you know speaking of then we could pivot towards this now is a good point there is an overlap here right because, of course, Elon, Elon Musk and, you know, his SpaceX and all that German engineer to talk about von Braun here in New York Post predicted man named Elon would conquer Mars in a 1952 novel. Have you heard about this? <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I haven't. But that's such a cool that's such a cool picture of um, of von Braun right there. Yeah. I didn't know that. He, I didn't know that he actually wrote that. That's one of the coolest. Um, that's one of the coolest stories imaginable, because, uh, I mean, again, that. Ladies and gentlemen, as you're watching this uh, and listening to us talk, that is the man who should have been the head of NASA. But of course, uh, under Kennedy and then under Nixon, there was such pushback by certain segments of uh, Washington, um, don't need to go into it, who basically said that we can't let a former Nazi be in charge of NASA. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is one of the saddest things, because, again, they had plans to go to Mars uh as the apollo program was going on they had plans in place um for the next chapter of the space program and it again it all coincides with the fact that um you know if you go back to to 69 to um 
July 20th, I'm sorry, it was July 15th or 16th of 1969 when the space, when the uh, Apollo uh, 11 was actually launched. You know, you had uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s, um, the guy who took over his uh, hustle, he was down there protesting because there weren't enough uh, there weren't enough blacks in NASA, and more importantly, all that money should be going to fund uh, to, to fund uh, blacks and to stop um, to alleviate hunger problems and to uh, fix problems throughout the inner city. Because if you remember, you know, one of the just crowning achievements of mankind his- of mankind's history is the launch of that day, and that's coming at the very end of a tumultuous decade. I was born in the mid '80s. So obviously, no, have no recollection of what the '60s would have been like, except for reading about it. And you just have r- race riots destroying so many of our major cities, and just the unprecedented, unprecedented outbreak in, in violence, and uh, forcing white people to vacate all these uh, cities. That up until the Great Migration, there were very, very, very few blacks in Chicago and Detroit and Rochester and Buffalo, and. Um, Gary, Indiana, and all these places, and and now at this point, as you know, these three, as what was it, Buzz Aldrin, Michael Collins, and uh, Neil Armstrong are getting ready to go, take off on this amazing flight um, to the moon. You've got black people protesting, and there's that famous photo that I found in Jet magazine of the very large, um, obese black woman with her with her with her black toddler in a uh, stroller. And they've got like a sign that says like billions for for space, pennies for the for the hunger, the hungry. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's it's an amazing photo, and it, it's always on Twitter now. And I actually I found that in a Jet magazine that I ordered off of uh, eBay uh, back in like 2014 when I was researching. There it is, right uh, there. There it is, right there. It, it's one of the funniest things. Yeah, I found that. That's <laughs> that that is legitimately. Um, that is the I, I think I used a uh, an iPhone or something to take a picture of the Jet magazine, and so that is the that's what I found years ago, and it's it's become a force of its own. And one of the things I will say is, I hope one day Elon Musk tweets that out. Um, <laughs> so just to be like, hey Elon, you know why is it that um, why is it that SpaceX had to step in when NASA couldn't? Uh, you know, before SpaceX started to send up all the stuff. We were hitching rides uh, from the Russians. With Russians, yeah, that's right. The yeah, Soyuz rockets and, and all that. Yeah, yeah, that's how our that's our our astronauts got to the uh, International Space Station. And um, now, of course, Elon, I believe they've had uh, a couple tests, and thank God he's so far ahead of uh, Jeff Bezos's. Um, is it blue? Blue, I think it is. Yeah, something. Blue space. Origin is blue. it? Blue Origin or Blue Ocean? I, 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 uh, I think it's Blue Origin. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, and um, so SpaceX is. SpaceX is inspiring, and um, it's, uh, they're doing some new cool stuff with like being being able to reuse them and the relanding stuff. I mean, that's it's impressive. I mean, that's like an oh, it's almost like a fifties versions of how you've seen those rockets that kind of descend down hole. Like that's what they're doing. Crazy. Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, uh, another fun thing is if you remember the movie Gattaca, which I, I, there are parts of that movie that I really like a lot. It's about a future society where, you know, children are no longer conceived. They're basically, um, you take, you take the egg from the female, um, and, and the partner and they are, you know, test tube the best, the best. It, 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 it's a movie that attacks eugenics 
yet at the same time, it's a eugenic society. Um, it's uh, a movie with Uma Thurman and uh, Ethan Hawke. And in that movie, um, there is this um, space program that there's a, there's a company that Ethan Hawke's character wants to work for, but he doesn't have the right genetic makeup. So he steals someone's genetics, um, Jude Law's genetics, uh, pretends to be him. And the whole purpose of this is this company is basically launching rockets, I believe like four per day. And if you actually look at where we are now with Elon Musk, it is actually pretty awesome because he is constantly launching uh, rockets up. And, um, you know, he's he's single-handedly trying to um, keep alive that, that, that spirit that um, he's yet to come out and say who's keeping us from truly embracing that spirit. But it is becoming obvious that he knows a lot more than he's ever let on. And then, you know, being a South African and, and being in Silicon Valley and all the things he talks about when it comes to having babies. And, and one of his, uh, in one of the books that came out about a decade ago, he talked about Idiocracy and how that was one of his favorite films because he said that the wrong people were having too many kids. And it was the duty of, um, of, of the smartest to have as many babies as possible. The only thing with Idiocracy, I wish they had more diversity in that one. It's way too, <laughs> way too white. Otherwise, it's good. <laughs> you, you know, but the thing is, it, it made an impact on someone like Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. He has, he has what, nine, ten kids? Eleven. I actually looked it up yesterday because <laughs> I heard it in that little clip that was going around with... I, I'm not a big fan of Andrew Tate, but be that, as it, uh, be that as it may, right? It was Tate and Vivek was in the call. Alex Jones was there. Who else am I forgetting? Uh, yeah, Elon. Uh, and they were talking you know, about kids. Uh, yeah, I looked yeah, it up. It, so it's like he has 11. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Benny Johnson was in that chat. That, that was embarrassing. Uh, you know, <laughs> the fact that they're dealing with Andrew Tate, a guy who's, you know, uh, someone who doesn't, you know, a mulatto who's talking about, you know, converting to Islam. And that's the Pim way. Pimping out European okay. women on the on the webs, right? No, it's disgusting. It's disgusting yeah. that he's been embraced by Tucker, and now I mean yep. he's uh, uh yeah, uh, and, and and in a lot of ways I think Alex Jones is taking too much energy. Alex, of course, before he was banned, was saying amazing things about immigration in South Africa. He had completely gone away from conspiracy stuff to talking about the core issues that mattered. I mean, I will never forget when I was um I was traveling to I was down in Panama City in August of 2018, and Trump started to tweet out segments from Tucker Carlson's show about how white people were being treated in South Africa. And it's like, man, this is really great. This is the stuff that Tucker, that uh, Alex Jones was talking about, too. And here we are now, you know, I had toiled in a, in a conservative world for a while trying to bring all this stuff to the forefront and was successful at it, but not to the level that, you know, when finally Trump is bringing it about. But my hope is that Alex Jones doesn't try and just talk about humanity and all this nonsense and <laughs> color color blindness. He had, yeah, it's because it, it, he always audience... pivots towards that though. Some in some way they're trying to divide us, and it's like no, they're actually trying to unify everybody. I mean, they, they hate white and want some of us out of the picture. It, it, that's true, but at the same time, they they'd love for us to all mix out in this multicultural uh, you know cesspool of nothingness. That's what they want. That's the messaging from up top all the time, right? I know a lot of Alex Jones's people. They're phenomenal guys. Dan Lyman. Yep. Dan Lyman's great. Yeah. Dan Lyman is a yep. very he's a very good friend. We text all the time. Yep. Talk talk about who can drink uh, more raw eggs and uh, Schlunken. Who's who's better? <laughs> I I hate. By the way, I hate that term. It's, just, <laughs> it's called pulling a Rocky. You know, uh, people know yeah. about it from from the '76 Rocky film and uh, <laughs> um, 
And uh, yeah, we joke about pickleball and stuff, but um, he's a good dude. Uh, Dan yes. is amazing. And uh, InfoWars is poised to really do great things. And it's the pressure on Elon must be just so great. Still, though, people like Jared Taylor uh, have never been brought back yep, on. Exactly. I believe I believe that's due to the lawsuit um, that uh, that that AR when they were knocked off. Uh, he actually did sue in California, the New Century Foundation. And uh, so both AR and Jared's personal account have been gone. Um, I mean, of course, Jared and I, we did a, um, you know, he had his amazing YouTube channel like you did. You guys built up an amazing platform on YouTube. I don't remember what year you guys were. 2019. Defenestrated. Okay. Yep. Yeah. 2019. Well, Jared's channel somehow continued on until, uh, God, I want to see it was it was right after George Floyd. So it was probably early June of 2020. He had about 125,000 subscribers to just his video channel. And without even promoting it that much, we had 35,000 subscribers to just the podcast. Jared and I do a podcast every week. Um, it's on Rumble now. But again, it never got anywhere near the size of YouTube because YouTube has the just complete channel dominance in that sphere and um it's it's always i'm sure sometimes you think back and god have we not been kicked off youtube how many subscribers would we had because you guys had what close to a million and no we won. had we were at like 333 almost like even uh, 333,000 or something like that okay yeah okay well, but it would have it would continue growing we probably had at least half a million probably heading towards you know who knows seven hundred thousand if we could continue this is almost four over four years ago now so you know yeah if you're talking about just 10 percent uh increase year over year you're well over five hundred thousand. yeah so uh, and that's the trajectory that things were going because i mean there was just there was just nobody out there being able to really talk about stuff during uh the summer of george floyd it's yeah i um I, I'm, I sometimes marvel when I read about something that was taken down or something that was uh, renamed. I just like, God, I, I don't remember this. When did this happen? And it is astonishing to think about everything that has happened since 2020. But I think one of the most important things is that somebody got Elon Musk to go in the Babylon Bee and he talked about the woke mind virus and someone said, hey, you should buy Twitter. And he ended up going through it. And uh, yeah, you know, he's... He's take he's putting he's putting everything on the table right now. I mean, there was no reason to bring back Alex Jones. And I have some reservations because I just I don't think you can honestly talk about the Chinese owning Hollywood uh, as he does. Um, you know, uh, come on. Um, it's uh, as Steve Saylor always talks about. He talks about the uh, Gary Sanders show. And somebody said, come on, you know, it's uh, it, 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 it's the Jews who run Hollywood and. Someone that in that show goes, no, it's the gay Jews, and uh, <laughs> and again, I'm just quoting, I'm just quoting the Gary uh, the the Gary Sanders show, which was on HBO, and it was a brilliant show. But um, anyways, no, I mean, <laughs> let's just be blunt. I mean, it's uh, Alex Jones is it, it's crazy to think that Elon Musk, with all that has happened with him taking on the ADL, now this m amazing lawsuit against Media Matters, which yeah, is that's phenomenal, right. yep which is phenomenal, but that he would then bring back Alex Jones, a guy who is facing, what, billion-dollar um, uh, judgment uh, like for the Sandy, yeah, the Sandy Hook stuff and just a, a continual list of charges and um, that he has to go through and the bankruptcy of InfoWars. And, and uh, I think I just read where he just got uh, permission to sell his firearms to pay down some of his debt. And But again, the fact that Elon is 
aligning with the stuff. It feels like, um, and I know a lot of your audience might laugh at this, but there's there's been an energy shift in uh, this year. Um, the fact that somebody actually took on the ADL and then that motivated your normal conservative leaders to be like, oh, wow, is it okay to attack the ADL now? And, and, yeah. um, and then for, you know, just everybody piling on media matters and people like Aaron McIntyre on Twitter over at Breitbart, who um, I'm sorry, he's not at Breitbart. He's at uh, the blaze. He's at Glenn Beck's organization. Mm-hmm. He's, he's basic. He's basically built his whole audience off of being a Sam Francis um, uh, disciple and just tweeting the best stuff about, you know, these people are just pedophiles. You know, it's like that yeah. great joke. It's yeah. like that great joke about, uh, about from Norm Macdonald. If you ever want to lo- laugh and think about what we could have been, go back and watch Norm Macdonald on the tonight on the um, weekend update in the '90s on Comedy Central, where he just roasts everyone. And on one of the episodes, he talks about how um, you know Michael Jackson's excited that he's having a boy because you know he gets to you know because he's you know you know and then Norm Macdonald goes because he's a you know because he's a gay pederast, and he actually says this on air, and it's just hilarious, and it's just. You know, you got to call these people out. And I think one of the things we we have to realize now is spite is a very powerful thing. And when Elon Musk was being interviewed at that New York Times event and the guy said, well, what are you, aren't you worried about all these advertisers leaving? And he yeah, said, fuck. he go said, fuck he's, yeah, GFY, yeah. you know, GFY, yeah. go fuck yourself. I think there's so much power in that. I'm kind of surprised he hasn't started putting out GFY um, <laughs> apparel. I think it'd be cool on a hat. I think it'd be cool on a nice polo. Um, and uh, I mean, here's, he's a guy who, who he, he, you know, again, imagine if you were to tell everybody back when he bought Twitter, that he was going to go to war with the ADL. He was going to tweet Keith Woods, retweet Keith Woods. Or no, was it Keith Woods he retweeted? Or who was it that he uh, Yeah, he replied. I think he replied to a number of his tweets. He replied to a number of his tweets, but yeah. that when he said the thing about what he said about, um, liberal uh, well, Jews and the replacement yeah, stuff. Yeah, that was yeah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, that was it was not that was not a Keith Woods tweet, but it was, what was his name? It, the artist formerly known as Eric or something like that was his username. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but some random had, guy, you know, like okay, well good, you know. If you had if you had even remotely thought that something like that was possible where, you know, yeah. Elon Musk is calling out what's happening in South Africa with the Kill the Boar song um and then doing that I mean, who knows what 2024 is going to bring? And that's that's the beautiful thing. That's that's why, uh, you know, in the face of all that has happened, we still have the ability to communicate with each other, to build audiences, to interact with people who who know something's wrong. Yeah. And now, you know, again, that's why interacting with Andrew Tate and having him be put up on a pedestal, that's disgusting. Um, and, yeah, and that, there's that... There is that. I mean, I'm not 100% certain I trust Elon, but I think there's a there's a legitimate, like a a, a real time. Um, how do we, how do you put it? Like it's just seeing him going through stuff, waking up to stuff, and realizing he's yeah. I think he sometimes he tries to play both sides a little bit. He's trying to you know he kind of figures it out as he goes a little bit. And and I'm not I'm not sure he's 100% sure what he's actually up against yet. I hope he works up to that. But then you have that you kind of have that slimy like grifter vibe of people around all of all of these people you know what i mean that like attaches themselves to it <laughs> and it kind of it is what it is at the end of the day i mean we're not going to just you know stop that it's good to have crossover and discussions and whatnot but the, I, I, it's the same thing with like a, a tucker right like 
you want to be edgy and stuff like that, just get like get a Jared Taylor on the show. You know what I mean? Get a get a Kevin McDonald on there. Like actually, actually poke the poke the establishment in the eye a little bit. I mean, it's like sure you do you can do an interview with Andrew Tate too. That's fine. But Tucker was uh, Tucker was one time yeah Tucker was one time given a copy of Jared Taylor's White Identity, and yep. he read thirty pages of it and put it down. And he told the person who gave it to him it was just too depressing. Um, it's, 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 I mean, again, it's, uh, Jared, uh, again, you, you talk about everything that's going on and yes, it would be great if Jared were on Twitter, obviously, um, it would be great if he uh, was able to put his show directly onto Twitter. And I, is that some, is that something you guys do? Uh, we do. Yeah. We, we, okay. when we live stream, we go out on Twitter and we upload, uh, you know, interviews later on and stuff like that. And some of them, nice. some of them take off. I mean, and it's great. So certain videos we had that we, we did the one recently on the Scottish prime minister. He did a follow up to the white, 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 uh, talk there. And he got, he, he got mad and re, re replied to it or he retweeted it or something. And then, uh, what's his name? Jordan Peterson got involved and, and replied to it and stuff. So that got like a, you know over a million views or something like that. So nice. Th th it's good when you can like you know have things like that kind of poke through because that used to be possible with YouTube. Just to go back to what you mentioned before, but then they started the throttling and stuff like that. I'm just saying, can you imagine if we were still like an even playing field field on social media and, and and collectively all of us could like you know contribute to like just pushing back against the propaganda machine. Uh, man, it would be uh, it would be amazing. But X has helped a lot. I, I will say that they, it's Elon has a lot of credit there for sure. Yeah. Well, I just go back and look at uh, a guy who was facing a long prison sentence, uh, Ricky Vaughn. I believe yep. he was one of back in 2015, 2016. There was some release of the most uh, quoted person on Twitter regarding the election, the most influential accounts on Twitter or in the media and, and Ricky Vaughn was an I was like the top 15 it was insane to think what he was doing in that actual uh environment that was truly let's be blunt it was free it was amazing the reach you could have on on Twitter and on Facebook um to build audiences to connect to connect people who had similar interests and to see virality um, or virality, the viral nature of, of what posts could do. And that is, I think, coming back um, in some ways. Of course, the scrutiny that Elon Musk is facing from, you know, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the ADL, um, and all these, all these organizations. And of course, all these massive corporations that just decided, um, yeah, we're going to pull funding. Um, that's kind of what happened to Alex Jones, though, by the way. If you go back and think about 2018, Alex Jones was depersoned, unpersoned by, uh, what was it, um, the Apple Store. All the platforms just decided one day to kick him off. And then the last one standing was Twitter. And then he interacted with uh, Oliver Darcy, the uh, CNN Rat journalist. Eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, uh, so yeah. And then Twitter was the last one standing. And that was once, once that was done, it was sad. But no, I think that... Um, Again, everybody out there listening, if you're inspired to 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 become a creator, Twitter's your best place to do it right now. Because if you're if you're putting out videos, yeah. you got a chance to be monetized and you got a chance to interact with with you know, you can interact with uh, former presidents, you can interact with anyone. And one of the things that upsets me, by the way, about truth social Whatever deal Donald Trump signed, there is no reason this guy is not tweeting right now. Uh, I know, yeah. Why? It, do, it does not make any well, sense. Well, he did that it's, one. Didn't he do his mugshot or something like that? He did do one tweet. 
<clears throat> that might have been the Trump war room. Um, I don't remember if it was the Donald Trump account. Uh, okay. You can't quote, can't quote me on that. But uh, there's no reason that he hasn't done a. Do you remember when it was? This was when Matt Drudge still owned Drudge. Donald Trump was a candidate for. I don't believe he'd gotten the nomination yet, but he did an hour long interview with Alex Jones yeah. that Drudge carried as the main thing, and it was just it was insane to think. This guy's going to win the presidency, and he's normalizing Alex Jones. Yeah, yeah. And that, to me, if you're Donald Trump, why not? Why not just say, "Hey, you know what, Alex? Let's uh, let's get on Twitter and, and break the and break the and break the world." Yeah. Because then all these corporations have to start um, all these news outlets, corporate-owned outlets uh, by the regime media. They have to cover Twitter again, or X, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it would be great to it would be great to get uh, Bannon on that call as well. And uh, it's it, it really just at this point. Utilize what you have and, and, you know, truth has been such a bomb. I don't know. Are you guys on there? Uh, truth. So, yeah, we do have an account. We just we basically just post links to the shows and stuff like that. I'm not sure. Is it busy over there? It seems uh, eh, so it seems all right. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's too busy, probably, but um only when Trump tweets something, I'm sure, then Jack Posobiec probably says, oh, hey, look what he just tweeted. No, the point is uh, the point is that Trump should, and I, I don't know if people will laugh what I'm about to say, but I really believe Trump should call himself president in exile. I, I'm kind of sad he hasn't. And he, um, he should say, yeah, you know, uh, he should play into the whole dictator for a day thing. And I do hope that he does um, end up choosing Tucker Carlson as his running mate. Um, and really just this being the revenge campaign. Um, yeah. And that, that that's what I hope for. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good to see. It's great to see all these, you know, shit libs and a lot of people in the establishment, you know, kvetch and shriek at, at this. Be that Alex Jones getting his account back or, you know, be that, uh, you know, to, to Trump running again. And, and it's 100% true. All of them, are they're trying to be stopped. Or they're trying to bankrupt. Well, they are bankrupting Alex Jones. They basically try to say even that, that his bankruptcy is not you know, good enough. You have to pay anyway. <laughs> Weird shit like this. All these legal things they're doing. Just look at what, what, what Trump is going through. But then part of me also feels says, you know, I plenty of criticisms also of, of these guys, right? And, and it feels like the kind of 2024 is going to be i mean it's going to be wilder probably but it's going to be that circus over again and and i remember like you know there's things towards the end of you know trump did like he was talking about uh we're going to do you know do more immigration than ever into america just legally you know there's like these things all the time and i just don't you know moving the embassy uh you know to jerusalem as opposed to tel aviv all the things he did for israel and all that stuff i have so many criticism of the guy and then yet at the same time i i enjoy <laughs> I enjoy just seeing it. I enjoy seeing so many of the anti-whites. But it's almost like, what was it? I, I said this the other day. It's like, he's being accused of being a white nationalist. He's accused of being, yes, all the usual, like a racist and a bigot and a, you know, Nazi and all that stuff. And, and we have the whole, the entire system beyond, you know, like the, the, the MAGA movement or whatever you want to call it for short, <clears throat> uh, is reacting to it like that is the case. But with the Trump, we kind of... 
we we got a boost of like white identity and things like that. I think it was good for pe- for people. It was good, but within the system, or the system, the, the the government that that Trump ran, the administration and stuff like that, we got none almost of the white nationalism. Do you see what I'm saying? Like we got none of the white nationalism, but we got a a pushback against like it was white nationalism that was dictating the show uh, for four years. Are we just going to do that all over again? Or where do you see this going? And is obviously this is a step up a level for for this to evolve in some way, right? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, two things. One, I hate the term white nationalist. Um, <laughs> you know, but, you, but you know what I mean, though, right? Like a white I, I, identity I I or whatever, exactly. you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, hate, I, hate, yeah, I hate that term, too. You know, America was founded. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't in the Declaration. It wasn't enough in the Declaration of Independence or the Bill of Rights. But our first act of uh, Congress under George Washington his first thing that he signed was the Naturalization Act of 1790, which made it quite clear who could be citizens. So yep. yes, True. it's uh, without a doubt. But yeah, I um, I think that Donald Trump is an avid golfer, and there's a term called a mulligan. If you hit a bad shot, if you're a gentleman, you're gonna let uh, you're gonna let him have a mulligan, get a do-over. And I think that this, I think Donald Trump is gonna win, and I think that his uh, his presidency is going to be the mulligan. And I believe that he, that's why he cannot pick somebody like um, the vice president that he had, uh, who's so devoted to the establishment. Uh, I think Tucker is the absolute perfect pick because he's articulate. He can go out there and probably get just as large of a crowd. He's not uh, going to do it though, right? He's, he's, uh, I mean, he's not. He's, I think he's said it a few times and now he's starting his network and stuff, right? So he's, he's busy, I think. <laughs> to be honest yeah i mean he's he's really i mean and to a chance to you know he's got tucker's got four kids and you think back to everything that he's faced i uh i will always go to that story where antifa tried to kick his kick his uh door in uh his home in georgetown remember that yeah and his, and his wife uh was hiding in one of the pantry i've actually been to that house a couple times and I was trying to, when the story happened, I was trying to think where in the house he was, uh, his wife was trying to hide um, as there were just massive amounts of Antifa trying to break in to Tucker's house. And who knows what they would have done if they had broken in. And you think about the violence that we all saw unfold after George Floyd died of a fentanyl overdose in the custody of Derek Chauvin and uh, the other uh, three police officers there in Minneapolis. And everything that subsequently unfolded and it's going to get really interesting. I think that's going to be the main thing. And I just want to see um, what we're beginning to see are red state AGs to get really um, into the concept of winning. We've seen that with the AG in Texas, who's done a lot of great lawsuits, who just went through um, an attempt to impeach him. Uh, Sorry, I can't think of his name. Uh, Is it Ken? Why am I blanking on the AG of Texas name? He's, he's such an awesome guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, holy smokes. Yeah. And the, 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 the Missouri AD, they're actually investigating. I saw that. Yeah. Right now. I saw I that. Think that's, I think that's amazing. They're actually trying to see if there's fraud involved with a lot of these things. And if I don't understand why Alabama won't go after the SPLC, which is, you know, it's mm-hmm. uh, their, their, their headquarters are in Montgomery yep. um, for everything that they've done, including the fact that one of their lawyers um is part of that uh rico investigation for the um for the antifa stuff that's gone on there at the uh, police training center in atlanta uh so really what you just need to see is what's happened to v dare unfortunately and the nra excuse me (coughs) 
and um, <clears throat> and the Trump um and the Trump Foundation in New York, Letitia James, the black AG, mm-hmm. basically ran. She ran saying, I, "I, you know, elect me, and I will go to war with these people. They're I, I consider them enemies, and you have to use the law. You have to, you have to do that. And um, I think that's the only way we're going to truly see the end of uh, DIE to his everlasting credit. Uh, Governor DeSantis has done a great job in dismantling a lot of the apparatus. Of course, at the same time, he's done a lot to destroy freedom of speech in the state of Florida with yep. very questionable things that he's signed in other nations. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's what, and that's but, what I'm talking about. Like that you, you have so much of that part of like this whole sphere and like you might get some positive things out of it, but then there's like this huge disappointments weaved into it as well. And, it, you know, we should take victories where there are where, where there are that. And, and, and certainly, I mean, you're 100 percent correct. Like, look at how much the 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 winds have moved if you will in 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 our direction you know and yeah. and and how how much i mean even the fact that vivek ramaswamy what in the debate the other day talked about how the great replacement is real you know like the, it's these things are out there now people are talking about this stuff it's not 2013 anymore you know i mean this is 10 years later this is now getting out there and it's in the mainstream so that's great that's very very good no, it's phenomenal. And I think that um, in a lot of ways, Trump was that bridge to the next era of Western civilization. If I can quote Bain from Dark Knight Rises, uh, you know, people of people of their status deserve to see the next era of Western civilization. Um, Trump, Trump was that bridge. And inadvertently, uh, you know, here's a guy who came down an escalator and gave a rambling speech and then started talking about rapists from Mexico. <laughs> And uh, then he jumped to the top of the list of the uh, Republican nominee uh, candidates for the nominee for for POTUS. And, you know, he didn't really talk about immigration a little bit. But, I mean, people are people are only as radical as they're allowed to be. And I, I just feel that across the country right now, so many people have seen what's happened at the border who've never been political before. Um, you know, I, although we do need to talk about this because... The whole DIE stuff, diversity, inclusion, equity, everything that's happening right now um, at the Ivy Leagues and at pretty yeah. much all, all major colleges. I, I want to save that for part two. I'm glad you brought okay. that up because, yeah, th- th- that's a great okay. uh, you know segue over yeah. to that eventually because, yeah. It's interesting. It's been a clear divide here, right? You can have a Charlie Kirk, who obviously, you know, even there, he's talking about like disproportionate influence of uh, leftist Jewish, you know, open borders, uh, you know, activism and things like that. From he doesn't mention like Hayes or, you know, Paideia or Jewish Family Founder or any of these things, but he's talking about that. That's like that's a, that's a segment right there. And then you get like a Ben Shapiro on the flip side of that, and some of these other ones that just freaked out entirely, and they were like shut down protests, shut down free speech control. So we'll get into that in more detail here in part two. But uh, towards the end here of the first part, let's let's plug plug some of your books here again. Then Whitey and the Moon by Paul Kersey. It's up on Antelope Hill. You can get it that you can get it on Amazon. I'm not sure if there's a price difference. Do you lose some if it's on through Amazon? I think it's always better to go to the publisher, right, to buy the books. It's, it's always good to go to the publisher. You can contact me at uh, because we live here at protonmail.com. Once again, that email address because we live here at protonmail.com. And uh, yeah, we can work out a signed copy of either Black Mecca Down or, or Whitey on the Moon. It's cool when it's on Amazon and it gets into the top, you know, top 50, top 20, top, top 10, uh, thousand. Uh, my late friend. Colin Flaherty, he was always shocked when I'd help him get the book, his book, Whitey, um, sorry, 
white girl bleed a lot into yeah i want to say it was one time when thomas Sowell wrote about escape from detroit and white girl bleed a lot um both those books got into like the top 100 on amazon and he was like can you believe this and unfortunately you know amazon does own that 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 sphere so it is cool when you can say yeah it was a bestseller on amazon for uh, for a day so yeah, no, that's uh, Colin Flaherty. He'll be when he, he was. Uh, was that last year or the year before there he, that he died? He passed away. Twenty twenty. <laughs> uh, Colin Colin Flaherty died in, of uh, very aggressive cancer uh, leukemia that's in right. 2022. Twenty twenty two. That's right. So it was last year. That's right. Okay. Yep. Sad sad loss. But he did. He put up a good fight. Uh, invaluable work. Uh, that guy. Uh, all right, so we got that. We got Whitey on the Moon. Check out Antelope Hill. We'll add some links down below. We also have, we haven't talked about it yet, but uh, Black Mecca Down. Uh, that's up there as well. So check that out. It's more about, it's is it? It's your essays, right? It's a compilation of the essays you've written? Yeah, that one, that is the, uh, that's the book about Atlanta. So I did, um, I started doing basically micro looks at the collapse of cities and just basically said, hey, it, it, it's race stupid. And uh, the first one was Detroit. Escape from Detroit. Then I did one with uh, James Kirkpatrick, Gregory Hood. That was called. Uh, oh God, what, what was that one called? Sorry, I forgot. It was oh, no Chicago. Worries. Yep. Um, it was called Second City Confidential. Basically, they were just. It was. It was a dumb uh, branding thing that I decided to think of some some of my favorite movies and just basically you know steal those titles and. And work those in. Uh, so Black Mecca down, Black Hawk down. Uh, yeah. Atlanta is known as a Black Mecca, and it um, it's one of the most segregated cities. I'm I'm from the suburbs of Atlanta, so I know it intimately. And uh, what's happened to Georgia is disgraceful with the Great Replacement going from 73% white the state in 1990 to uh, about 51% white today. Uh, and a lot of that growth is uh, not just blacks coming from back from uh, northern cities uh, to live in uh, the Black Mecca and the surrounding suburbs, but also uh, heavily heavy growth in the uh, Asian and the Hispanic uh, communities there. So That's right. Yep. They are uh, replacing us. Yeah, there was someone, let's see if I find a clip later with someone who talked about, we got to migrate to the south or something like that. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, there was a one county, I forget what it was called, to try to, or county was like a wealthier uh, area. But that, yeah, it's to, Bucket. Bucket, bucket that's was, right. Bucket yeah. tried to break away, right? Have they managed that? Have you followed up on that? I, I, I haven't. No, they, uh, unfortunately, that was tabled by uh, Brian Kemp. Uh, the governor uh. Uh, helped override that. Uh, Trump, of course, attacked him for that. He believes that the good people of Buckhead, which I do as well, should be able to leave the city because it yep. would neuter Atlanta yep. um, instantly. Take away... Uh, more than half of the tax base for the city and uh, they'd be able to incorporate and but unfortunately the problem is you just can't keep them out um you know right you can't you, you're not allowed freedom of association and if you had if you had two things if you actually had the ability to have restrictive covenants which shelley versus kramer back in 1948 that's the most devastating uh supreme court decision of all time which destroyed freedom of uh freedom of association uh and which of course the naacp was founded to uh, go after uh, that was one of the main things and they they went to war it took them 30 years to finally uh overturn restrictive covenants and if you actually had that you could have freedom and but of course if you actually had what uh oregon had when they decided to vote to just make the state so that you know uh back in the 1850s or 1860s blacks couldn't even live in the state um then they voted on it and you know they didn't want either slavery or 
or or or freed blacks there you and go. uh yep. you know so anyways just a little history lesson for everyone paying attention yep that's right all right make sure you follow uh paul curacy of course on his uh x or twitter it's, it's very it's very hard with the name i just i can't get over the, <laughs> the x rebranding all right anyway uh it's uh b w l h underscore so that's uh, short for it, because we live here an underscore Following that, of course, uh, you have this uh, archives under uh, stuff black people don't like. SPDL, SP, sorry, SBPDL. It should be on UNS as well. Uh, so check that out. And of course, the podcast uh, together with Jared, of course, a great podcast that they do together uh, at Amron.com. So that's some of the plugs for some of the stuff uh, Paul is doing. Uh, all right, guys, stay with us. Stay with us, Paul. We'll be right back in part two. Why don't you stick around for part two together with Paul Kersey. We're going to keep going at RedEyesMembers.com. Sign up for a membership, 10 bucks a month. Support our work. Make sure that we can continue to thrive against censorship and financial sabotage. We appreciate you guys. We're only here because of you. We don't have any angel investors or big corporate sponsors or things like that. We rely on you guys. So thank you so much for being there for us. Of course, we have Western Warrior in the member section as well. You can check out some of the exclusive videos we have and the second hour of many of the shows and uh, interviews that we do. Uh, so uh, get on over there. You can also sign up, by the way, at Subscribestar. You can do it at Odyssey or at Locals, RedEyesTV.Locals.com. Uh, we're adding all the shows there as well. Uh, there's a couple of ways that you can sign up on RedEyesMembers.com. We have a, a donor box widget where you can use your debit or credit card. We lost a credit card processor recently, but we're working on an option and hope to have that up and running. Uh, if you did have a membership and uh, it was through RedEyesMembers.com and it was uh, you know an auto-renewing one, uh, that will fail. So uh, please keep in mind that you will have to re-sign up again. We hate uh, to do that to you. We know it's a pain in the ass. Uh, it is to us as well. Uh, but that's just the reality of it. When you are over the target, you're the one targeted. That's how this works. We do have a couple of other methods on RedEyesMembers.com as well. You can use the Cash App for one. We also have, of course, good old Entropy. That's the way you can sign up if you want to. Or, of course, Crypto. Crypto is doing good. Uh, sign up using, uh, you know, Bitcoin or Litecoin uh, or Ethereum. Uh, if there's another currency you'd like to use, you can always write to us, redice at protonmail.com, and I'm sure we can provide you uh, with an address for that as well. Uh, so as I said, it's 10 bucks a month, but if you want to sign up for a longer one, you get it cheaper per month as well. So we have all the way up to two years, and that's almost 35% off, so uh, that's a great option. Uh, by the way, in part two with Paul Kurz, we're going to keep talking about, or actually extend the conversation, uh, into this issue of what's going on at the university campuses and talk about the groundwork that was laid there for where we now find ourselves. Of course, a lot of the liberal Jewish activists that have been pushing DEI and CRT and things like that, and this goes back to the Frankfurt School uh, and uh, Columbia University and things like that in those days. Uh, and now, of course, this uh, monster that they've created is ending up biting them in the rear ends. We'll talk about that a little bit later in part two. We'll also talk about all the white characters that are being removed and taken away from entertainment, from Disney to Netflix to a lot of these TV shows and stuff like that. Uh, how we're basically just being, uh, you know, railroaded and written out of history. But this is what we're going through. We're going through a uh, great leap forward, as the uh, Chinese called it, right? A uh, cultural uh, revolution, right? Uh, that's basically what it is. These people are uh, Bolsheviks and anti-whites that we're dealing with. So anyway, check out the second part here. Uh, coming up, ladies and gentlemen. I'd also like to say thanks to our executive producers. Today, T. Lothrop, Stoddard, V. Miller, Resin Revolt, Good Luck Lap, Jake, Red Pill Rundown, French 47, Mark Smith, No One Jeeves, President Ubunga, Mongoose, 
William Fox, Angry White Soccer Mom, The Second Wanderer, Operation Werewolf, The Ride Never Ends, Francis Parker Yockey, we also have Jill Bob and Last Place Simp, Joseph Hart, Purple Haze, Colin Marriott, Call Me Combo Deal, we also have the Dearborn Toxic Event, Brendan Anthony, and 55 Club Books. Thank you guys. Also, thanks to our producers, Mr. Walker696, Yu Hanson, Leroy Dumond, Snark Pup, Eyes Open, Mr. Lemery, Yuri New, Obadiah Hexwell, Perfect Brute, Single Action Army, HP Lovecraft, Dixie Drone Force, and 55clubbooks.com. If you want to get one of those, that's a great way to support us. Check out our producer tier or executive producer tier on RedEyesMembers.com. You can get it on Odyssey or Subscribestar. I'm not sure if we can set up tiers on uh, Locals. Maybe we can. We'll look into that. But it's a great way to support us. We're going to get some extra resources our way. Get a shout-out at the end of the show. We'd love some more input from you as well as an executive producer. All right, guys. We'll be back with much more in Part 2. Join us there. We'll see you on the other side.